We're also making our way through the tabernacle, and now we have made it all the way to the altar of incense. That's right, because you can't have Day of Atonement without the tabernacle, and it's actually the heart and soul of it. Day of Atonement is just, uh, well, I've usually focused just on the Day of Atonement, and then I realized this year, it's like, well, that was just not effective. Let's, let's, let's go wide on this thing. So we have made our journey. Of course, we're going in and out of the Last Supper, Passover, to uh, help you understand the significance of all that. Okay, so the altar of incense. Out in the courtyard, where sin is dealt with, there's an altar of sacrifice, which is made of acacia wood and bronze, because we see a tree there, right? That's the cross, in a sense, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Inside the holy place, there's a second altar of acacia wood, the altar of incense, but it was covered with gold and with a crown or border of gold around its top. The bronze altar was for a place of sacrifice. The golden altar, the place of incense. There was a continual bloodshed at the bronze altar, a perpetual incense at the golden altar. So you see the differences there. Leviticus 9 tells of the first sacrifice at the bronze altar and how they were accepted by Jehovah. Then the glory of Jehovah appeared to all the people, and fire came out before Jehovah and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. That had to be just mind-blowing. <laughs> but it also tells you something really important. You've probably heard the story. Chapter 10 begins with the tragedy at the golden altar. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer, put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before Jehovah, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before Jehovah. <laughs> it's like, well, that didn't work out, right? The fire for the golden altar of incense was to be taken only from the bronze altar of sacrifice. And the other fire is called strange fire. Now, they were true priests. They had true incense, but they used strange fire, not the fire of the altar, which came from heaven. Only the blood-soaked coals from the altar of sacrifice were to burn on the altar of incense. Some of the blood of the sin offering was also placed on the horns of the altar to cleanse it. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? And consecrated for the uncleanness of the children of Israel. It would also cleanse the priesthood. This golden altar is still in the midst of the heavenly tabernacle. As Revelation 8 reveals, another angel having a golden censer came, stood at the altar, given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So, we're not talking about something just thousands of years ago. We're talking about something we're going to spend eternity with. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, threw it to the earth. There were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquake. Do you ever wonder if your prayer does anything? Yep. <laughs> Revelation 9. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. All right, since the voice is from the horns of the altar of incense, it's probably implying that these are the answer to the prayers of the martyrs and the saints calling for vengeance, right? Now, the horns. I talked to you earlier about the, the bronze altar of sacrifice. The golden altar of incense also had horns overlain with gold. On an animal, the horns are like its crown. In fact, the Hebrew word for horns is karen, which is where we get our English word for crown. In ancient times, a crown was typically made of horns. We see Jesus on the cross with a crown of thorns, which is the shadow of the horns of the altar. We see the 24 elders around the throne casting down their crowns, also indicative of the horns of the altar. 
Genesis 22, we see God use the horns or crown of a ram to provide a sacrifice. Abraham looked up there in a thicket. He saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So there's a, a, a theme that just doesn't stop. The horns of the altar provided a refuge for fugitives. Those who caught hold of the horns were granted asylum. The altar points to sacrifice and death, but it also speaks of a place of safety and refuge. I think the horns may shed light on another past of the the passion of Christ. In Gethsemane, Jesus is sweating drops of blood. Why? And, And why is he asking God to take a cup away that he just celebrated with five glories after Judas left the room? None of those make sense. Well, I think that while he's in the garden, he's also prophetically at the bronze altar and at the golden altar where blood was placed on the horns of those altars and ran down. Especially in the golden altar, you're talking about the prayers of the saints going up. So grasp and grasping the horns of that altar was an acceptable cry of mercy and asylum that they could hope for refuge. They didn't always get it, but they uh, could cry out for mercy by running and grabbing onto the horns of the altar. So just a couple of thoughts there is that one. Well, of course, we've gone through the outer courtyard. We've now gone through the holy place. All that's left is the veil and the holy of holies with the Ark of the Covenant. And maybe to talk about the specifically what you do on the, the Day of Atonement in terms of that. So those are the things coming up next.